I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm presenting Talking Design. Welcome to the show, uh, Nancy Bujaya. Um, Thank you, Stephen. Managing Director of the HM Group. And Nancy, I've known a little while, and I've just been very impressed with how broad the work that the HM Group do with her, um, Nancy's partners, Miguel uh, Valenzuela, and uh, both of them came together in the early 90s. And before Nancy came on the show, we were talking about the early 90s. Terrible time <laughs> for everyone, I think, for creators. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really honoured. Oh, no. You're, uh, sitting in this chair opposite you. Um, Nancy, tell me, the early 90s was not good for anyone, really, in the creative industries, and probably most people. It was a recession, people losing their jobs. And you and uh, Miguel, your life and business partner, was studying at the Barton Institute of Design, which is no longer. And what were your hopes then? Well, we were two really young, passionate, invincible kids, really. We were only 21, um, studying design. We, our design education was fantastic because we studied... We were trained by typographers and photographers and artists. It was just fantastic. And um, we both had a passion to just get out there and do, you know, really passionate about design. And by the time we finished our studies, it was the end of the recession, um, around 1993-ish. 1994. Yeah, 94. Um, and we decided to start a, our own studio um there was absolutely no work around we had and it kind of came out of no choice really how do you start a studio i think it must be incredibly daunting so there must have been a key project that you perhaps started you off uh i would love to say that there was but no there absolutely wasn't it was pure uh passion and drive that um helped us get there we we were quite clever for a couple of kids we we did a business course we we knew what we wanted to do we kind of knew the clients we wanted to service um and because you know someone else couldn't provide that employment for us we wanted to do it for ourselves and started with a business course you know typical business plan and we went through this fantastic process with some really great um leaders and lecturers at victoria university and um kind of helped us get out there and um did you just approach clients yep it was pretty much a door knocking exercise so cold turn, yeah, yeah cold it was cold calling um, cold calling really uh negative experience to start with because we were so young and inexperienced um we we pretty much spent a lot of time preparing a folio and a folio was you know pieces of work we had um briefs that we had been given from our education and you know we even spent time creating mock briefs for ourselves to just you know bring our folio up to scratch to demonstrate what we could do and what we were interested in and you know we had one catch and that was it, it we won a project i can't actually even remember what the, our first key project was it was almost 20 years ago now but um you know, word spread and, you know, it was like, um, obviously we were in the right place. We we were persistent and really passionate um, about succeeding. Mm-hmm. Treated what, every project as our, you know, last. So. so people don't really understand, you know, you're not a graphic design company because you don't do that. You are actually, you do, that's part of what you do, but you do, you cover branding, you create films. Uh, you so do. I, I will start by saying graphic design is um, our roots. It's what we were trained in. It's what we were. We were a graphic design studio when it was just the two of us. Over time, and as um, you know, time changes. Our industry has changed. We 
progressed, we diversified. Mm. So now our group covers, you know, um, art, branding, design. Design is everything to me, something mm -hmm. we were speaking about earlier. So anything that requires design, we apply ourselves to. So it, Nancy, it's probably an area that people don't get because mm -hmm. it's, uh, I mentioned to you that if, if you can't find your way around a city, there's a problem with the way signs have been designed. Absolutely. And it's very just very obvious things that are taken for granted. How do you read it? Well, I um, see design in everything. So um, I'm very grateful for the fact that we are trained graphic designers because our studio still services clients in providing signage design. And so it's, it's very much something I notice all the time. It's something I notice because we do it, because we produce it as a team. Um, I don't know if I've answered that yeah. question. The other thing that was interesting you mentioned you you and Miguel often use uh, Helvetica as uh, one well, one one area because you like the clean lines and it's very direct and you said that design should be simple and effective which is has it become too complicated it fat, yep. you know people trying too hard we rebranded our own organization a couple of years ago for that reason you know we we developed logos and brands and there's just so much information around it. It is very cliche to say that we're there's a bit of over communication. You know, we're, we've all got a million devices and reading constantly. Um, we find that with our design, with our own brand of our organisation, we decided to use Helvetica for that reason to keep the message simple, to bring it back down to the simplest form of communication. Very simple typeface using black and white, and it's kind of like a bit of a canvas for us to. Which is a bit like your office. Well, black yes, and white. You've seen our space. It is very black and white, um, simple. We don't have t too many, I guess, elements. We have one or two key design elements, but it's not. Um, you know, it's we don't try too hard. I guess when it comes to. The designing our space in our own work, it really is just something that comes from within. The um, you know you started Fluoro Digital, yep. uh, an online uh, magazine which covers um, architecture, design, fashion, decorative arts, um, and it's just a beautiful site. And you've got um, it's an international site, obviously. It is. It's very global. We um, started Fluoro. Fluoro actually started as a, a magazine that we produced. Um, our design studio, we, we used it to talk about us. But then we realised um, there's so much more to the design world. Mm. We didn't, we're not ones to talk about ourselves very much. We're very conservative and quiet in yeah. you know, the way we approach our work and the industry. And we felt that there were lots of other designers that you know, deserve to be talked about. And um, so we use Fluoro as a platform to help us engage with other artists and designers all over the world. Um, we, our design studio, actually create this content. We have a number of um, contributors globally mm -hmm. that, um, you know, c contribute beautiful articles and um, photographs to this site. And the whole purpose of it is to create a resource, I guess, of design that is general. And um, has it become. Nancy, has it design become too specific? So, for instance, fashion, 
Now, if you're really interested, you pick up a you know a fashion magazine. It's almost like well, you wouldn't understand it unless you're actually in the mm. know. Same with architecture. And I mean, over the last few years, as I see it, has been broken down that yep. you should be able to be as engaged in fashion as you are in architecture. Why has it become so specific and mm. so elitist? For me, I've I've actually never understood that um, kind of exclusivity of you know. Um, being so specific with these particular, I guess, genres or... It is designed to me as one industry. Um, and I guess that's what we tried to do with Fluoro, to bring them all together in the one space because as a graphic designer, you know, my roots, I'm inspired by fashion in my work. And, um, you know, uh, I speak to other designers and they're inspired by furniture. Um, I know Miguel, my own business partner, is inspired by music. Um, and, you know, that's something we bring into Fluoro as well. We it is broad. The um, I was going to say your logo, which, tell me about that, it's interesting. It's uh, HM uh, dot, and you it, it's this stack of crates, plastic crates. We use plastic we, crates a lot in our work. So HM is a uh, our branding for our core business, which is our design studio. Um, the stack of crates you're looking at, this um, beautiful installation we created for um, TEDx St Kilda Talks. We incorporated our brand element. Um, the theme was when dark meets light. So we're very urban. We're, we're kind of a little bit grungy in our work. Yeah, we kind of um, get inspired by everything and inspired by something as simple as a milk crate in the street, you know, in a Melbourne alleyway. And this particular piece you're looking at really comes from that. It kind of brings the the darkness into the light. And, um, yeah, we've combined, we've created a beautiful award-winning installation out of a stack of milk crates. Um, funny you bring this one up because we had a client actually pop into our studio um, from country Victoria and they saw this installation erected in our space and they were like, oh, my God, you know, and, you know, we explained it's kind of something that's been recognised and... Which award, award did it get? Uh, it won a distinction in the Australian Graphic Design Awards Association uh -huh. um, spatial design category. Uh -huh. um, and, you, you know, to think that something as simple as a milk crate can be created into something so beautiful. And um, You also had another quite extraordinary uh, installation I saw many years ago, and it was, it was to do with exploring textiles. Yes. And it were these lovely mannequins, and also won an award at the time. I yeah, think. well, it made a front cover of a magazine too. Um, that was that was years ago, and it was just basic mannequins. And then you kind of created this. We were uh, asked to um, deconstruct a carpet tile, so it was um, a piece of art that we created for a carpet tile company. And again, this is a really good example of how design can be everything it can be in a carpet tile. And um, we had access to the complete deconstructed version of this carpet tile, which was reels of yarn. And um, yeah, we created this beautiful um, image um, and we incorporated typography. I'm not sure if you saw the complete piece, but um, with the on the body installation the body was the yarn um and the yarn turned into this beautiful typography yeah, yeah. and um you know the words pretty much describe the feeling um of this carpet tile mm. um but it was you know more than a carpet tile it was more about 
you know, um, how it was produced and, you know, you know, what it was meant to do for a space. And, um, yeah, really interesting how, application. I mean, Nancy, because you're working across, you and Miguel are working across so many different areas, how do you kind of approach your work? Do you kind of brain, is there a brainstorming session to start yeah, with? We have a bit of a philosophy we call the I understand, I recommend, I create. We don't start anything until we completely understand a brief. Or we don't start any work with a client until we completely understand the organisation back to front. And um, I don't think that's an unusual approach. I'm sure many designers and artists will take that approach. But um, we believe, because we're so passionate about design and believe design can be applied to everything. So we don't pigeonhole ourselves as just print designers. We produce art installations with design. Um, having that deep understanding of a brief really allows us to apply ourselves successfully. So it is, you know, brainstorming. There's a lot of research involved. Um, research, we look into history a lot. Uh, excuse me um, and you know we've got a really fantastic team of professionals and we often get together thrash out ideas um, and only then we make recommendations for a piece or to a client what happens when you've kind of read the client or kind of interpreted the brief but you kind of I suppose there always is always that that area where you want to throw in the surprise element yep. you know give them something they're not expecting a bit like an architect Always. and yep. sometimes I imagine that works and sometimes it would probably backfire there yep. must be times where it's probably you've pushed people too far admittedly um, there's always that risk but we prefer to be pulled back than pushed forward you know we went through yeah. a stage in our business probably in the early days where you know we'd have clients saying but can you try this can you try that and that approach it's almost offensive. and we you should be initiating yeah, it. Yeah, we, we should. That's what they're paying us to do, right? So if we do, we often go outside the square, but there is always a safer concept that we would present alongside. Um, I guess there are particular clients and opportunities where we would, we would have the confidence to just present that outside the square concept, but usually it's more than one concept that we would pr present any one time. Mm. It must continually surprise you, though, when people choose something that you, you know, if you give them a series of uh, options and they predict the most unlikely one. Yeah. And what sad. do you do? It's sad. We are very vocal and honest. Um, although I, I did um, refer to the other concepts as safe, we do make sure we like them and we do make sure they still achieve the brief because there is always that element of, hey, the client may choose that one. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's always, you kind of never know. You never know because it depends on the mood the client's in. And, of course, then the major projects, they need to go up to what, board. And Nancy, what some of the key projects that have really resonated with you and Miguel over the last few years that have really challenged you and really, uh, they don't necessarily have to be the largest projects, but something that really still remain as precious to you both? For us, it's, um, well, I'll speak for myself. What really excites me and I refer back to as example of what we do are the original photo shoots we produce ourselves for fluoro. So we have an element of self-initiated work that we do. All of, not all of our work um, is commissioned. 
we do allow time in our studio for self-initiated work to allow us to produce our art. And for example, you know, there was a piece in Fluoro um, about the gold rush and how the Chinese were treated in the time of the gold rush in the 1860s. And we produced that photo shoot. Um, it was very much a fashion shoot. But for us, we, it's not about just showing fashion on a model. It is being conceptual and um, presenting, in this particular instance, presenting a shoot that really represented the time and you know, how the Chinese were treated at that time. And we used a beautiful Chinese-Australian model for this shoot, um, some amazing clothes that um, was inspired by that time, the 1800s. And it came up with a, a series of gorgeous images. And for me, that's something that stands out. It's and very the, model's, the model's face is completely concealed. It she's, is concealed. She's photographed from the back in one image and her face is completely blanked out in another. Again, so it's literally a sign that women had no place. They had no place. They were treated poorly as though they didn't exist. Um, and I feel that that interpretation really represents the mood of the time, that dark mood. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one project I continue to refer to. And then you had another project, that uh, Nancy, that you were working on uh, wrapping papers. You did a series of wrapping papers. Yep, that's another one of our brands within the group that we call Wrapped. Um, completely different tone, very fun, very jovial, using bold simple colours as in we we don't go any more complicated than cyan and magenta um, cool grey leaven might have dropped in and we use just beautiful symbols um, and yeah the purpose of that project was to create a very friendly um, designer wrapping paper range that was bold and really reflected kind of how we it reflected us as a mm. studio at that time. That that was a few years ago. What was so cool about that range is that it was it was completely eco-friendly. You know, we used Australian paper, um, you know, recycled paper. Uh, we, you know, I'm not a sustainability expert, so I'm sure people would um, challenge me and the eco-friendliness. But it was about as eco-friendly as we could get. Um, you know, we were just found that we were just surrounded by really cheap, crappy. Um, wrapping paper and we're really inspired to create this paper range and um, this is a brand where we're working on picking up and expanding to a stationary range utilizing these beautiful typography and bold symbols in our design that will carry through to everything. Nancy what are the areas you know if you have your um, magic ball in front of you um, your crystal crystal uh, ball what are the areas you kind of feel like are Unt untapped in Australia and mm -hmm. you think, oh, there's real opportunity there. I feel like I'm fulfilling um, what I need, especially with fluoro, um, fulfilling that, um, you know, exploring things like street art globally yeah. and exploring things like, um, I don't know, furniture design and fashion in a different way, like we did with our yeah. fluoro shoot with the gold rush. Um, I do, I, I kind of like don't, I don't feel as though there's something more I could be doing, mm. I guess. Do you see a, a, a finality with fashion magazines? A what, sorry? With oh. fashion oh, magazines, yeah. a finality. Yeah, yeah. Do you think fashion magazines are going... Uh, uh, or, or do you think they're... 
Because there seem to be a lot, but there don't seem to be a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I can't even pinpoint one that I buy. So it's kind of not something that's part of my life. Although yeah. I represent fashion a lot in fluoro, um, admittedly, I, I don't find myself very Quite interested yeah. in um, picking up a fashion well, Look, magazine. you're not the only yeah. one. I yeah. think there's probably a lot of people out there. I think it's sad because I actually think people are really interested in, genuinely interested in fashion. Yeah. But there seems to be um, a really a limited platform in which to discuss it now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really important there's shows like this that um, actually present a completely different yeah. way of showing fashion. And drawing on history, yeah. telling a story. Well, that's right. And, um, you know, using fashion to present, you know, amazing uh, topics that haven't been talked about for a long time that shouldn't be forgotten. Mm. Um, but then fashion, to me, has a completely different angle and it is really just clothes that we wear. And mm. um, often when I purchase fashion, it's it's based on what I like, not what to who, who it is. Yeah, definitely not who. Well, I think that's probably the way things are going now yeah. anyway, that it's always about the work. It's not about the name or the no, label. No, I think we've right. done that. Yeah, that's it, over, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I'd like to think so. Mm. But, um, Nancy, look, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, it's been a it's pleasure. Been, it's been a joy having you on, oh, and I admire you. what you do, and, um, and I'm sure we'll have many, many conversations going forward. I know, this was kind of like a bit of a summary. And no, we'll it's... Focus on one so thing if you're interested, time. check out Fluoro Digital, and uh, great stories really capturing the essence of where things are headed and uh, really a a pleasure to have you. So you've been with um, Stephen Crafty, Talking Design, and I've been speaking to Nancy Bujaya, uh, Managing Director of the HM Group. Thanks so much for coming, Nancy. Thank you.